this message on uh, the question of faith, uh, putting your righteousness to work. Father, I just thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you because he is our teacher, the teacher. And you speak to us tonight and encourage us from your word. And we know that you've given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You've blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. We want our eyes opened so we can access these blessings you've given to us. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the thing, the greatest gift to us and the greatest thing for us in the New Testament and what you are going to be able to accomplish here on earth will all depend on your faith. Faith is what determines how far you go with God. Faith is the only thing that can free you even from the power of sin. There's nothing else. Faith does it. Sometimes you have to love by faith. I mean, you know that. <laughs> it's just faith. Everything is by faith. Faith works through love, but sometimes you have to, it's, it's a thing of the will. You have to love it. Tonight, putting your righteousness to work. God has given you the gift of righteousness. That's a precious gift. Everything in life comes with this gift. The gift of righteousness. That's what Jesus came to deliver to us. Jesus came from heaven to give to us the gift of righteousness. We cannot be righteous on our own. Once you've sinned, you're a sinner. If you've told one lie, you're a liar. You can't undo it. You can't say it, didn't, it, didn't, it doesn't matter. It's in the past. No, you've done it. It's wrong. And it took just Jesus alone, who was perfect, to die on the cross to deliver to us the gift of righteousness. And so righteousness is a gift. But that gift comes with everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything is there. This is a loaded gift from God. This is the gift that brings you into the presence of the living God without you shrinking. And you're welcome. And whatever you need is delivered to you. Now, you cannot be a person of faith without using your tongue. You can't be a person of great faith without using your tongue. Jesus had people that he referred to as people that had great faith. That was a major compliment. You have to use your tongue. That's how your righteousness will work. Now, I want to turn to Romans chapter 10, verse 6 through 10. It says, but the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. When you have a righteousness that is born out of faith, it will speak. Can I hear an amen? The righteousness of faith speaks in this way. So if you have been given the righteousness, which is not from the law, but the righteousness, which is of faith, that righteousness always speaks. And if you're not speaking, your righteousness is not producing for you. 
It always speaks. And I, I'm going to go back again to some other scripture. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. So he said, please help me with that. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. It says, and since we have the same spirit of faith. Do you realize faith is a spirit? And righteousness came to us. That's the spirit of, of God in us. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written. So this, is already been, this has already been established. Long before we came into the kingdom. According to what is written, I believed, and therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore speak. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. In other words, he's going to tell you basically how the righteousness of faith produces. When it's in operation, the principle behind it. It says, do not say in your heart. So basically, this is something coming from your heart. That's the seat. Amen. Do not say in your heart. That's the way the righteousness of God or faith speaks. It, be, it comes from your heart. Who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. And in your mouth. And in your heart. So the word, the righteousness of faith speaks and is a word. You got to release that word. The word is in your mouth and in your heart. That word of God it's near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now, what are we saying? Any word of God that you hear is a word of faith. When it's spoken to you, it passes the fact that it's near you, just hearing it, that's near you, it goes past that, and it gets into your heart to produce the faith. But you got to give it voice. It's the word of God that we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So the confession of your mouth is so important. You got to say it. It's got, it has to come out of your mouth. It's a word of faith, not a word of feeling. Is born out of the word of God. And many times, what you read from the word of God and what you're seeing in the natural, they don't, they're not in agreement. They contradict one another. Your body tells you you're feeling sick, but the word of God tells you you're healed. And you have to reconcile and decide which one you are going to produce from your heart. But if it's the righteousness of faith, if it's the righteousness of faith, what will come out of your mouth will be from the word that is near you, the word of God. 
And anything else that comes out of your mouth is not a word of faith, it's a word of fear. And he'll destroy you. It won't bring you, it won't bring you salvation, he'll bring you death. In that area that you're speaking. Because you didn't have the word of God in your mouth and in your heart. You had another word in your heart and in your mouth. And it was the word of fear, not the word of faith. Not born out of righteousness because it's not from the word of God. It's different from the word of God. It's totally different. And if once it comes out of your mouth, you have produced death. It's going to destroy you. You see, sin kills. But righteousness brings life. And so we need to speak the word of God. God gave, all the, gave us this in Romans to give us a principle. Not just for salvation of the soul, but a principle that cuts across everything that we do as Christians. If you want to be free, if you can declare it boldly, you can never really have faith. It's not there. Notice what it says. It didn't say if you believe it in your heart. That was, that was not the first thing that was said. It said if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. So you can confess it with your mouth. Remember what the scripture says. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you will meditate. When you meditate, it's coming from the heart, right? So your mouth plays a key role because the righteousness of faith speaks. I, we can easy, God can easily place every one of us once you begin to speak. And he's in the business of placing you. In other words, you can position yourself by the word of God. Once you start speaking the words from the word of God, the words of righteousness, that means you are positioning yourself for the miracle to come to you, to be delivered into your hands. But if you speak something different, then you are positioning yourself for fear to take over your life and it will destroy you. Remember what Jesus says. Somebody comes to Jesus and they speak a word of faith to him. They believe that Jesus can heal them. And then all of a sudden somebody brings a word of unbelief. An example of that was Jairus. You know, he called Jesus, come to my house, remember that? And, and, and come and heal my, my, my daughter, she's, she's, she's dying. And on the way, he saw somebody that he didn't want to see in the crowd. And he says, oh my goodness. And the person said, don't bother the master anymore. It's all over. Uh, your child is dead. And Jesus immediately turned and said, don't be afraid. Don't even say, don't even acknowledge what was told you. Only believe. Ignore what you see in the natural. Only believe. Notice the man never said a word. Read the scripture. He said nothing. I believe even if you're struggling with unbelief, as long as you don't say it, it'll die a natural death right in there. But once she comes out of your mouth, you've given birth to it and it's your baby now. You got to take care of it. So it's a principle in the word of God. What you want is what you speak. I feel so bad for Christians who 
who constantly speak death over their lives. I feel this and I feel that. I don't. Who called you to feel? God called you to have faith, not feel. We walk by faith and not by feelings. Not by what you hear. It's based on the word of God. And the only thing that pleases God is his word. Believing in his word. Faith is what pleases God. How does God, how can God know you have faith? By what comes out of your mouth and by your action. He can see it from your action. And he can hear it from your voice. You remember the fellow that said, I don't need you coming to my house. Just deliver the word. Amen? <laughs> Just speak the word. And it hit my servant. And Jesus was amazed. Only two times in the scriptures that we are told that Jesus was amazed. Can you, God, God, I mean, can you do something that shocks God? And he says, wow. That's interesting. Can I do something to make God say, wow, that's that's what that fellow did. When he said that, Jesus, like, the Bible says Jesus was amazed. God was amazed. He says, hey, I've never seen anything like this in Israel. That's from the time of Abraham all the way down. Because he saw all, right? He saw everything. He was, talk he was not talking about Israel right there. He was talking, I've never seen anything like this before. This kind of faith. Because nobody understood the principle. The man understood the principle. I don't know how he got it. But he told Jesus, you know, I'm a man under authority. I know what it is to have authority. I can sit and just speak the word. It's all a matter of word. And they do what I want them to do. And you, I recognize who you are. All you need to do is speak. Jesus said, he's got revelation never seen in Israel before. And Jesus made a pronouncement at that point that Peter didn't understand what he was saying. Jesus said, many will come from the east. Remember that? And from the west, very far country, and sit with Abraham, and the children of Abraham, and the natural children will be out. He was basically telling them, Gentiles are going to be a part of it. And guess what opened that door for that pronouncement? That man's faith. Peter didn't understand what Jesus was saying. You remember in... in um, in um, Acts chapter 10, he needed something to be brought down from heaven to show him to go to Cornelius' home. You remember that? And he still didn't want to go. He says, you know how wrong it is for a Jew to come into it. Jesus already said it a long time before. He didn't get it. He didn't understand it. But what brought that out of Jesus when that man said those words? Your words can move God. Your words can really move God. In Mark chapter 6, Jesus went into this place, uh, Nazareth, and they were saying, is this not Jesus, the son of Mary? His brothers are here. And he says Jesus was amazed at their unbelief. That's the other time he's like, wow, I, can't, I haven't seen anything like this. This much unbelief. But your words, that's the important thing here. Your tongue can turn your trial into a testimony. Your tongue can turn your trial into a testimony. Your tongue can turn 
the most difficult thing when it seems like it's all over, your tongue can turn it around. Now, let me give you the background of that. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And because you are a righteous man, your tongue is so powerful. You have the righteousness of Jesus. You have the same righteousness as God has. You don't grade them, right? There is not one righteousness of God for Brother Goodluck and another righteousness of God for Brother Roy, right? We all have the righteousness of God in Christ. It's called what? The righteousness of God. In Christ. When you are in Christ, you have the righteousness of God the Father. No difference. And now, can you imagine God speaking something? Something is going to happen. When you speak as a righteous person, God hears. If you doubt that, read the story of Samuel. Remember Samuel? That's why your words are so important. The Bible says God never allowed a word that Samuel spoke to fall to the ground. And when Samuel went to Bethlehem to anoint David, when the leaders of that city saw Samuel coming in, they thought, oh my goodness, he's coming. What is he going to tell us now? What have we done? And they said to him, is it peace? They were scared. Just to see him come into their city. They were scared. And Samuel said, peace is peace. Because if Samuel said, tonight go home, it's all over. Uh, believe me, get your casket, it's over. Because God's going to do it. But God said of John the Baptist, he was the greatest of the prophets of the old, right? But the least in the kingdom, that's you, you're greater. Your words are so powerful. That's why we are destroying ourselves with our words. Because of lack of knowledge. You can give life through your words. Your trial can be turned into a testimony with your words. Because God's always listening. So Jesus said, with your word, you will be justified. With your word, you'll be condemned. Your words are so important. We really need to learn how to speak. It's, we're not saying not to speak at all. Learn to, learn to speak the right words. Don't just shut your mouth. Nothing's going to happen with your mouth shut. You got to speak the right words. Because you are righteous before God. And righteous people speak right words. And if it's right words, it must be coming from the word of God. And if you speak right words, God will confirm right words. Because coming from the mouth of the righteous. And the desires of the righteous shall be granted. That's what the scripture says. How does God know your desires? What comes out of your mouth? You know, Jesus said certain words that are so powerful. If we can really, really grab, really get into it, I would rather just keep my mouth shut. You understand what I'm saying? This is a training for us, for us. Exercise, you know, so that I know exactly when, when to speak. I like to talk a lot, especially when it comes to the word of God, I'll talk. Oh, yes. 
<laughs> because he's wholesome. Amen? He's wholesome. And I tell you what, when I find a brother who likes to talk the word of God, just the word fellowship, whoa, whoop, iron sharpens iron. When he leaves, I'm feeling tall. Boy, I can do all this stuff. Come back again, brother. Let's talk more about this thing. So important. It says in Luke 21, verse 12 through 15, it says, But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you. That's part of our, part of our inheritance in Christ. Persecution. You don't have to be afraid of it. In fact, you should be worried if you've never been persecuted. <laughs> you should be concerned if you've never been persecuted as a Christian because if you're a true Christian, so they believe me, they'll persecute you. It said, delivering you up to the synagogue and prisons. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. When I read that, I said, God, I really want to be brought before kings. Amen. You never thought about that? God says, they will bring you. They'll bring you before kings. I've been brought to, before some kings that was in Nigeria. I'm looking for other kings. Amen. God, bring me before kings. Because of the word of God. He said that they are honoring the word of God or they don't want the word of God, but they bring you there for a purpose. I, I remember Pastor Paul telling me the king wants to see me. He wants to receive the Holy Spirit. I like that. It says they will bring you before kings. That means the word of God in your mouth can promote you to the point where you are standing before kings. Fishermen standing before kings. Fishermen standing before the emperor. That's an amazing feat. Because of the word of God coming out of your mouth, preaching the word of God. They'll bring you there for his name's sake. It says, but it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. No matter what they're trying to do to you, when it's all over, you got a testimony. It will turn out to you for an occasion to have a powerful testimony. Whether they meant well or not. But how do you get to this testimony? This is what God says. Is this, is Jesus said, therefore settle it in your heart. Not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer. What you are going to be speaking. Because he says, for I will give you a mouth. Jesus said, I'm going to give you a mouth. Don't even think about what you're going to say. I will give you a mouth and a wisdom. Which all, how many? All your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. The mouth that God has given to every righteous person that I'm sitting, that's sitting right here before me. Did you know that God gave you a mouth when you got saved? <laughs> and you don't have, he gave you a mouth. A righteous mouth. That no one, all your enemies, no one can resist what comes out of your mouth. Because what's coming out of your mouth 
has to be from the word of God. And when it's all over, he'll earn you a testimony. Now, if you read in 1 Samuel chapter 17, I'm not going to go through that, I got to read it. But you read about the story of David. Do you remember that story of David? There was Goliath. Do you have a Goliath in your life? Goliath in your life right now? <laughs> Goliath came with Saul and the others. You know, they, they camped one way, uh, one place, and uh, the Philistines camped in another place. And Goliath, probably over nine feet tall. I mean, big. His spear was just, the head of the spear was several pounds in weight. Just the head of the spear. And, and the Jews, I mean, this, this is over for us. Because Goliath came and said, give me one man to fight with me. Just one man to fight with me. If he defeats me, then you will be your slaves. If I defeat him, all you Israelites will be my slave. And when he, got, when he got close to them, they ran away from him. They were scared, every one of them. Until David showed up, a young man. And you see, fear will bring defeat to you. David saw his size and everything, but he saw God with that. While they were looking at his size alone and forgetting about their God, David didn't forget his God. And as far as David was concerned, even though he's that big, I cannot miss. He's too big. Amen. I'm not going to miss. I'll get him. In his mind, he, I'm going to take him on. David was not concerned about killing the man. He was concerned about reward. He went around asking, what is the king going to do for the guy who kills this man? That's defined. Look at what he's doing to us. He wasn't concerned. I'm going to get him. It's an interesting thing. God had prepared him as a shepherd dealing with the sheep. He wasn't used to putting on the armor and all of that stuff. He was used to carrying his staff and a little pouch with stones and this link. That was all he was used to. And that was the way he was when God used him. Don't try to be somebody else. Amen? Be yourself. And let God use you that way. If you read the story, when Saul actually agreed, okay, now you have heard about the story of the lion and the bear and all of that, now we'll let you go. And he put the coat on him. David says, I haven't proved this stuff. I can't use it. And he threw everything away. Guess what he took? He took his shepherd's staff. You're going to fight a giant with a shepherd's staff. What you used to walk with sheep. But that was what he was used to. And he got five smooth stones. Theologians tell us that Goliath had four other brothers. That's five of those giants. And he had one stone for every one of them. <laughs> he was going to take every one of them. They showed up. Don't know the, 
the whole of that, uh, the story of all of that. But he had five smooth stones, and he took, he put, he put this, these stones in his pouch, and he took his sling, and he was on. And we are told that the, the Philistine, that Goliath cursed him in the name of his God, but his God is not a God. And the, the, the giant said, I'm going to kill you and I'll give your flesh to the birds. But David said some words to him. And I need that First uh, Samuel chapter 17. Verse 45. It says, Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Basically, I'm coming to you in his name. Don't you have the name of Jesus today? That's what we go with. And you just be yourself. You don't have to put a name. Just be yourself. It was as if he was with his sheep. Protecting his sheep. And the sheep, the people of Israel. He said, But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, look at what he's saying to him, okay? He's telling him exactly what was going to happen before it happened. Amen? This is the spirit of faith. He was telling Goliath exactly what was going to happen to Goliath before it happened in the name of the Lord, right? That's what he did. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. That's the first step. And I will strike you, meaning I'm going to get this stone. That's the first thing I'm going to use. I'm going to use this stone to strike you. I'm going to do that. And then I'll cut off your head. You see that? He was telling him exactly what was going to happen even before it happened. And that's what we must do as people of faith. Amen? He said, This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses, the carcasses, notice the Goliath said, I'm going to give your carcass. But he said, I'm not only going to give your, car- your carcass, but the rest of the Philistines, I'm going to do all of that. Every one of them are going to be eaten by birds and wild beasts. He gave those words, and God confirmed it, every bit of it. And David had a testimony after that, right? His words... His trouble, his trial, was turned into a testimony. You remember the women singing? Saul had killed his thousand, and David his ten thousand. The women can be a real problem for <laughs> They got him into trouble there. <laughs> you have to declare boldly what you believe from the word of God. When you're, when you're confronted with a circumstance in your situation, if you are too afraid to speak what you believe God will do, it will never happen. That's just the truth. If you're still struggling with unbelief, it's not going to happen. You just try, and that's not the way God operates. I know that. 
And so I've shared it here before. Some, before like a healing service, I'm going through my mind, working with all these things. I need to get rid of the unbelief from my mind. And when I go, I don't have any fear anymore. It's not there. And I can boldly say to the person, well, God's going to heal you now. I don't happen to know that. I just know that somehow. And I'm, I'm not shaking. No, there's no emotions. I just know it's going to happen. And God does it. And it's so quick, sometimes we miss it. But if you cannot get to that place where you, you are so comfort, uh, comfortable with what God can do, so that when you're coming in and you see the sick, you're not worried, oh God, who brought this one there? She's so twisted, what's going to happen? I just don't have to worry about those things. He's in his hands because you trust absolutely in his word. He cannot lie. He's not in, he's, God's not depending on me. He's depending on his word. I just happen to be his switch. And as soon as I lay my hands and I speak his word, he confirms his word. He gets all the glory. Amen. He gets all the glory. But we have to be saying something. I'm going to share this scripture with you now that is so very important. Very, very important. For your life and my life. Very, very important. It's in Psalm 81, beginning from verse 10. It says, I am the Lord your God. Who is speaking? God is speaking to who? You. And God is saying to you, I am the Lord, your God. Do you call him your God? If you call him your God, he's speaking to you tonight. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Why didn't God say open your eyes wide? And I'll let you see. No, because the key instrument in your life, the key part of your life that will transform your life is your mouth. There's no other thing. He didn't say, open your heart wide, right? And I'll feel it. Because we always talk about the heart. My heart, my heart. No, God says your mouth. That's where he's at. Open your mouth wide and I'll feel it. He said, but my people will not heed. They won't listen to it. They just will not do it. I don't think God is saying, do this. Right? <laughs> That's not what he's saying. That's not what he's saying. Just open your mouth. Then we come to church on Sunday morning and everybody's doing it. And the people say, what's wrong with them? He's asking us to speak, right? But he said here, but my people will not listen. They won't do it. They don't understand it. They won't speak it. They are righteous. Notice, they are his people. You are already a child of God with the righteousness of God. And God is saying, what I want you to do is open your mouth wide. Speak. Keep speaking. Don't stop. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Don't let it go. Keep speaking it. That's how you will make your way prosperous. That's how you will have good success. You got to speak it. Open your mouth wide and now fill it. But my people will not heed my voice. They're not listening to me. 
and Israel will have none of me. They're not saying they don't want God at all. They're not doing what he's telling them to do. He's telling them to speak by word of faith. He's already told us, we have the same spirit of faith, therefore we speak. And he's just right there. God gave, gave that to us. Letting us know that your mouth is a powerful instrument for your transformation. To deliver your destiny to you. If you will use your mouth. And it works the other way. If you keep speaking negative things, that's what God's going to deliver to you. God said, as I hear in my ears what you're speaking, that's what I'm going to give to you. So we must d decide, even when I'm, feeling, when I'm feeling unbelief inside, that's the feeling, right? But we are called to walk by faith. Even when I'm feeling the unbelief, what's coming out of my mouth is faith. Amen? And Satan will tell your man, you know you're lying, you don't feel that way. Who says we should be feeling anything? We should go by the word of God. We walk by faith and not by sight. And as you speak the word, faith is born. Faith is born, we got to be speaking. Because God has made us righteous. But my people will not heed my voice, and Israel will have none of me. So I gave them over to their own stubborn heart. In other words, they're not going to do what, I'm gonna, what I tell them to do. I'll just let them have what they want. To walk in their own counsel, leaning on their own understanding. That's what it is. God says, do not lean on your own understanding, but trust in the Lord with all of your heart. When you don't trust in the Lord with all of your heart, what's going to happen is you keep speaking what you think is the right thing that's happening around you. And you're looking at all your circumstances and you see no way out, but God is the one that can make a way through the sea and even make a dry land for you, your feet to walk on. That's the God. You know, God always will remind the children of Israel, do you remember how I brought you through the Red Sea? Do you forget all of these things? And with the disciples, have you forgotten the miracle of the loaves? Your hearts become so hardened, you can't even remember? Because of unbelief. We shouldn't be afraid of anything, really. That's the way I see it. There is nothing to fear. Jesus is above everything that you can see and can't see. Jesus is above everything and I have no reason to be afraid. As long as Jesus is in my life, I will make it. I will make it. Not by myself, but by the works that he's already done for me. And no devil can challenge us. If God be for us, who? Amen. You guys are so smart. You couldn't. <laughs> So he gave them over. I don't want God to give me over to my stubborn heart. Can you understand? Because I don't understand and I won't do it. Many Christians, well, the pastor said that. I tried that two days and it didn't work, so I'm going to quit. That's because you don't have understanding. Many times I believe that God is watching to see if you really mean what, you, what you're doing. He said, I put you through the wilderness these seven years to prove you, to try you. See what is in your heart. See if you really believe my word. That's the only reason. So he's going to prove you. He may hold back for a while to see if you will quit. 
I, sometimes I used to wonder. I got someone, someone to share with my, tonight. Sometimes I used to wonder how long it took Abraham, you know, going to the hill to sacrifice his son. He was already going, right? Why didn't God stop him on the way? And say, you've already, you've already done it. You don't need to go to the mountain. No, God waited until he had his son smack on the altar before he stopped him. That's the way God is. He's going to see, okay, are you going to change your mind or are you going to go through all with this? Many times we give up before we get there. So we, we start speaking the words and we don't feel any change and you immediately change. You stop doing it. You really hurt yourself that way. That's what he's saying. The people will not listen. And, and if you read in verse 13, this is what is, is so important. He says, oh, that my people will listen to me. You see? Oh, that my people will listen to me. That Israel will walk in my ways. What is he saying? Open your mouth wide, right? And now feel it. That's part of walking in his ways. That's the only thing we know about him in this scripture. Open your mouth wide and now feel it. Oh, that Israel will walk in my ways. God speaks. You want a long sermon? Jesus gave one, gave one sermon. That's Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7. <laughs> That's a real long sermon. And I'm not sure everything that was said there is in, is in there. God, the Holy Spirit recorded what was said. But that was a very long sermon. And very powerful. God still speaking. Oh, that my people will listen to me. And Israel will walk in my ways. I will soon subdue their enemies. And turn my hand against their adversaries. If they had done that with their mouth, it won't take too long before God turns everything that's bothering them around for their good. But they won't listen. They won't have anything. They don't believe they are leaning on their own understanding instead of speaking the words of faith. Give the word and my servant will be healed. If Jesus didn't give the word, he was a man. The servant won't be healed. We need to start giving words what we want. And God will fulfill these things for us. We make it too complicated. And so we're missing it. We're missing out. We, we're thinking we have to conjure and we have to do stuff. And most of those things that we're doing is so that we can get a little credit, you know. <laughs> so people can say, well, I really fasted and I did all of this stuff. If you fast because God asks you to, and that's, that's fine. But God's not going to do it because you're fasting. No. That means you're serious in his mind. God is not looking for hunger strikes to make him do something. But we're not accepting it in this in simplicity. And Paul was very afraid of this. It's too simple for us. You know, so, you, Pastor, you're telling me if I start quoting the scriptures and speaking them, things are going to change? Really? Well, I tried it three weeks. That's the way we think. And so it's too simple for us. And so we're thinking, I don't just think because I say these things, this will happen, but God said things will change. Why don't you try it? And stay with it. Try it for one month. Try the second month and see what God would do. 
Paul was afraid in, in 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 11, verse 13, he says, But I fear, lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. It's too simple. You may think that nothing supernatural is taking place, but believe me, there's a lot going on supernaturally that you're not even aware of because of what you're saying. We really need God to really open our eyes so we know how much God is made available for us as believers. We should have no fear of anything. We should have no fear of anything because all things, the Bible says, work together for good. doesn't matter what's going on. If God is true, then what you're dealing with right now was really designed for your good. Why don't you just smile? <laughs> it's designed for your good. God will turn it over, and when it's over, if, that's only if you trust him. Only if you trust him. And notice what it says. All things work together for good to them that love God and those who are called what? Okay, that's the good thing. His purpose. And his purpose for your life is always good. Doesn't mean anything bad for anybody. I like this scripture and I'm going to close with this. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. And what? Goodwill towards you. Towards you. His will for your life is good. That's period. So anything that's happening to you that is not good is part of the ingredient for something good that's coming your way. Amen? If you're eating salt by itself, <laughs> it's never good. But when you mix it with other things, that's what God's doing. That's just one event that God's putting together for you. Amen? Stand up tonight. Unless... <laughs> There is, uh, I pick up things from movies, usually words. My wife would tell you I always repeat all these things constantly. <laughs> but there was something about, how many of you seen the movie Home Alone? Okay, yeah. Remember when people, the kid was really afraid and would hide under the bed? And finally, he came out and he was yelling, I'm not afraid anymore. Do you remember that? I'm not afraid anymore. And he was yelling until something moved and he went back now. <laughs> but that stayed with me. And I always like to yell to the devil, I'm not afraid anymore. And I'm not going to be like the kid. You do whatever you want to do. I'm not afraid anymore. I've got Jesus now. I'm well protected. I am not afraid anymore. No witch, no devil, no... Even if Satan is going to stand right in front of me, I have no reason to be afraid. I got Jesus. What could he do to me? I have nothing to be afraid. I'm not afraid to, of tomorrow. I'm not afraid of want. I'm not afraid of sickness. I'm not afraid of cancer. I'm not afraid of... I'm afraid of nothing. Because I got Jesus with me. Amen? Jesus is with you. He has his hands over you. You are his beloved. And he is yours. You got nothing to be afraid of. He never sleeps. He'll never slumber. The thing that hurts you, hurts him. You can't do anything about it. He can do everything about it. 
Amen. Let's lift our hands up to him tonight. And whatever it is that saddens your heart tonight, please just begin to thank God that that thing is being transformed. It's like turning water into wine. Whatever it is tonight, as a servant of God, I'm telling you tonight, God is transforming that thing in your life. He's going to turn out for your good. I want you to believe that tonight and begin to speak it with joy from your heart. That God is with me. The Lord is with me. No one can be against me. This situation in my life, God's going to turn it for a testimony. Amen. For a testimony. A powerful testimony that will bring you and whatever the situation is before kings to testify. Amen. Let's give him praise tonight. Let's worship him. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you brought us into this faith in Jesus Christ that overcomes the world and everything that's in the world. We cannot be defeated. We cannot be trampled and we cannot be assaulted. We are servants of God. We cannot be harassed by the enemy. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And thank you, God. We are going upward in the name of Jesus. We are ever victorious. We are learning. We are growing. We are afraid of nothing. Say it with me. We are afraid of nothing. We're not afraid of anything. Because God is with us. He's going to turn your water into wine. And it's beginning right here, right now. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. Let's give him a clap offering as we close. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. These words are true words from the Lord. Amen. They are true words from the Lord. These are not just talking to, you know, to just make you feel good. No. These are words that have been established in heaven. Forever established in heaven. Position yourself so that God will do it for you. Nothing can stop you. Amen. You are unstoppable. Because the unstoppable one lives inside of you. Jesus said, in that day you will know that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. That settles it. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening.